Hello and welcome back to the Edge of the Box podcast. We're here this week to preview the FA Cup final that's coming on Saturday. The Premier League is done and dusted. It's now time for all the cup finals. I'm joined by Dan Worth from Who Scored and Jonathan Wilson live from his hotel room in Budapest as well. So let's go then. Let's preview this FA Cup final. The first order of business, Jonathan, is Manchester City's goalkeeping department. We'll eliminate Scott Carson from, from this discussion still. Manchester City's number three. But Ortega has played in the Cups, in the Cups, sorry, all the all the way through. You get to the final, it's always that if you want to do you stick with the with the backup goalkeeper or in the final, should you be playing your best team? What do you think Pep would do? I mean, it depends what he's what he said to Ortega, but I would assume you'd you'd pick your best team. Um I would seem a very odd decision to me to to to, to jeopardise a treble. Yeah, to, to to make a second choice keeper feel better about themselves. I, I just think you bring Edison in, and, and uh, you you suspect Edison might have come in for semi final if it had been against uh, a team that, that, that threatened City a bit more than Sheffield United did. So, uh, I mean, Edison, I don't think has had by his standards a great season, but he's still a better keeper than Ortega. So, I, I would have thought it would be Edison. I'd be surprised if it's not. So I disagree with you. I think it'll be. I think it'll be Ortega. And he played like last season. They knocked out the F, they got knocked out the FA Cup at the semi final stage, and he played played Stefan in in goal, and he had an awful game. And they, they, I think they got pummeled three 0 four 0 by by Liverpool in the end, and got knocked out. So Pep has got previous of sticking with the with the sub goalkeeper because you'd have thought against against Liverpool in that game, he'd have gone back to Edison perhaps, and he, and he didn't. So he's got previous for for sticking with the sub keeper, and I've. I've quite liked the look of Ortega. I've got to be honest, when, whenever I've seen him, I think his distribution's really good. I quite like his techniques for, for one-on-ones as well. He's he's played a few games recently in the league as well, which kind of tells me that they're trying to keep him fit and and ready to get, have him playing games coming up to the to, to the FA Cup final. So I, I actually think Ortega may play. Dan, what, what do you think? Yeah, as you said, Ortega's played all of City's FA Cup games and they've not conceded once. Um, they haven't played... The most difficult teams, I think they played Chelsea and Arsenal are the two that stand out, but at the start of the season in the early rounds, they probably weren't too up for it. Um, Chelsea are probably one of the easiest teams to play, in fairness, in the, in the FA Cup. <laughs> Very true. So I, I feel like, yeah, it's usually harsh if they play every game, but to play every game and not concede, it feels a little more harsh. But it's also impossible to disagree with Jonathan, right? You play your best team in the final because mm. we've seen it before. Uh, multiple times where second choice keepers have been brought in, usually circumstantial, and had howlers. And like you know, you look at Carrius in that um, Champions League final for Liverpool. Just well, he was their number one. Way. He was their number one at that point. True. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, I think that was circumstantial, though, right? Maybe, I'm, well, maybe I'm confused. But I think he was genuinely their number one. In fairness, <laughs> they, they couldn't have bought Allison any quicker after that. After after yeah. that final. <laughs> but like, yeah. So if you're if you're vying for a treble, you really don't want to put more pressure on a second choice keeper. I don't think so. For that reason, I would probably go for Edison. But it does feel like Ortega is a little hard done by if he misses out. When did this become so fashionable to? to do the second-choice goalkeeper thing in, in Cups. It never used to be a thing until maybe five, six years ago, and then it became, suddenly became very popular. One manager must have done it, and then everyone else just started copying them. Can you remember, Jonathan? I mean, yeah, you're right. It's, sort of, it's, it's clearly to do with the uh, diminution of the FA Cup, that people just don't take it as serious anymore, and that the standard thing is to, to rest players. You know, if you're a, a top sort of six side, to rest players in the early rounds. Um, and it, you know, it is a way of, of keeping your second-choice keeper involved and keeping them interested and if, if you're sort of going into an ethical third round game thinking well if we lose today it's not the end of the world 
then it, then it makes it makes complete sense. I, I just think when by the time you get to this stage, I, I think Guardiola must care about the treble. I, I know that the Champions League is clearly yeah, the pri- priority, but this would only be the the tenth treble ever done across Europe, or maybe possibly the eleventh. It would only be the second done by a, by an English team. Um, so I, yeah, I. I I, I can't believe he'll take this game lightly. And he's got a week between this and the Champions League final. So, you know, in terms of, uh, of fatigue and making sure players aren't rested, or, you know, are rested for the Champions League final, I, I would have thought of anything you want to play players to keep them in rhythm, uh, which is always a danger at the stage of a season that the, the, the players suddenly have two weeks without a game and they, they get to the Champions League final and they're, they're not quite on it as a result. So I, I sort of think even if you're, you're looking at the FA Cup final, in terms of preparation for Champions League final, you play Edison because you, you don't want him to have gone two weeks without a game. Yeah, he played the last league game, didn't he, against, against Brentford Edison. But in some ways, again, that tells me that, that Ortega's going to play. So I think Ortega played the couple before. So, if, look, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Pep, Pep will probably think there's not too much difference between between the two of them. And the way they, a big way of Man City's game that they play is the, is the goalkeeper distributing from the back and Ortega is very good with, with his feet he's got he's got a killer distribution on him but it'll be really interesting to see what they're doing I mean there's no such discussions at Manchester United David De Gea I think has played pretty much every game this season in, in all the cup competitions so that they won't have to worry about who they put in goal let's talk about Haaland then against Manchester United he's had his best and second worst rated performances of the season against Manchester United and according to who scored's algorithm there's no surprises. The best rated was when he scored that emphatic hat-trick against United. And then when United beat City 2-1, he didn't really have too much impact. So There was that, that goal that you, the goal, that goal that day that you liked, wasn't wasn't there, Dan? Yeah, yeah <laughs> not the best goal of the season, but <laughs> but one that really defines Harley. Yeah, that, that happened on that occasion for sure. Um, like To be perfectly honest, I'm not sure how much you can read into it. Um, his worst rated performance, he's going to have one or two lower than beast mode performances. So that just happened against Man United. Um, but I think more importantly, that that loss to United on the whole was a bit of a wake-up call for Pep because you see, I don't think it was the game after. I think they played Spurs in the game after, but the game after that was Wolves when um, Pep went to the three at the back to kind of really try and get the best out of Holland and you see an immediate impact and he scores a hat-trick. Um, so I think maybe it's a less of a reflection on Haaland, but more that when he had that second worst rating performance against Man United, Pep kind of had to go away um, and do what Pep does and re-strategize and it's clearly worked. They've gone on probably since then and had an amazing season. Um, so, yeah, I think it was quite an important, that that, that defeat was quite an important one um, in defining City's season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see him play at Wembley, weren't it, Jonathan, in, in, in the cup final as well because... Because Nathan Jones, as we know, managed to knock out Man City before they could get to, before they could get to the League Cup final, so and, and go for the quadruple. So this is our it's our first chance to see Haaland in a cup final, and then of course we'll get to see him again in the Champions League final a week later. And he didn't have a great game in the Community Shield. Um, no, oh yeah, he, good point. Yeah, he missed two. I think he had seven touches that game and missed two really good chances. I mean, that, that game against United at Old Trafford, I, I, I think I'm right in saying he had twenty touches in that game. I think I think it was nineteen. Yeah, on the day the sack came out was 19, and the next day it was upgraded to 20. And I remember writing a piece around then saying that the that equivalent game of the previous season when City had won very emphatically 2-0, the, the player with the fewest touches for City was Gundogan with 74, I think, 70-something. So you were basically saying Haaland had had 
you know, the player with the fewest touches had had a quarter of a number of touches of a player with the fewest touches the previous season. And I think that's that's sort of a a good way of encapsulating how City have had to change how they play. But that domination of possession that Guardiola likes to to give them that control. Obviously, if you have you know, 10 outfield players plus Edison doing that, it's much easier than when one of the outfield players isn't quite so involved. So one of the things I remember from, from that game at Old Trafford was was there was a I think it was when the score was still at one nil to City, it was possibly at one one, and there was a, it was a it was an injury, and the game was stopped, and Guardiola was sort of four or five yards on the pitch, furiously screaming at Holland, sort of doing that, you know, wanting him to come deep and wanting him to be more involved in the play, and Holland was sort of didn't look entirely convinced by that, but that is partly what's happened in the game since. I mean, since that Tottenham game, I think City have only only been behind for fifteen minutes all season. Um, so I think it's only that five minutes at the end of the Brentford game, ten minutes in the first half against Liverpool when they end up winning four one. So that that's how how they've been able to you know, once they've they've flicked into that, that that extra gear, just how unstoppable they've they, they've, they've been. Hmm. But what do you think you'll do team selection, Pep? Because when you and they haven't got a massive squad, Man City, but you could probably pick their best their best team. You could probably pick. If you have picking their best team for a final, so Edison would obviously be in goal. Probably ten of the spaces are probably probably taken. The only one maybe up for debate is on that on that on that right hand side. But do you think he'll go? With the, let's say he's picking his strong. Would he pick his strongest team for the FA Cup final and his strongest team for the Champions League final? Would the, would those two teams be the same? I, I'd say not necessarily, but in this case, probably yes. Yeah, I, I think I think Guardiola is somebody who would change team to team. But you you look at the challenge that United are going to put up against you. I, I mean, I, I think in some ways that the, the team for the United game is easier to to predict than than for playing against um, Inter, who will play with a back three, will play with two centre forwards. The, the big question is: Do you play Bernardo or, or Mares on the right? Uh, I guess there is an argument for for Mares running at Luke Shaw, but I still think you'd probably go for Bernardo because you know his movement is so good. You know, everybody talked about how how well uh, Camavinga would play that left back role, but Bernardo just just sort of finds space in behind him, and that that that's what 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 turns the game to, or, or what gives City the goals in that first half uh, in of, of the second leg of of, of a Champions League semi. So I, I, I would assume Walker would play it right back to, to negate Rashford rather than trying to do something mm-hmm. clever with Stones. I think Stones would play in the middle. Um, so I, I, I would I would think it's the the fairly obvious city team. The only question is whether it's Bernardo on the right or Mars on the right, and then whether Bernardo maybe plays in the middle rather than Gundogan. But Gundogan's been playing so well recently. Why would you? Gotta play Gundogan. Why would you? Why would you mess around with that? So, um, yeah, I think I think yeah, I think the selection for the ethical final is pretty obvious. He may do something a bit different to play against Inter three five two. Yeah, be be interesting to see that. That that's for sure. Manchester United. I'm not sure there's anything specific down that they can do to, to to counter Manchester City or try and negate certain things about Manchester City. But a player who's come under fire really throughout his his Manchester United career is is Victor Lindelof. Since Martinez is out, he's actually looked pretty astute. Into them, I've never thought he was actually as bad as as perhaps people made out. I just felt that Manchester United weren't as a stable team, and it was very difficult to come in and out. Of that side, but now they've got like a, a framework and a template under Eric Ten Hag. Lindelof's actually looked really good, and yeah, I, I imagine Man, uh, Man United fans were pretty worried when Martinez went off against Sevilla because he had been kind of their staple at the back. Um, but on the whole, United defence, especially in the league, has has been pretty strong. At home, um, been very good. Uh, uh, yes, but particularly at home, um, and surprisingly, they've actually been confu- uh, conceding fewer goals with Lindelof in the side. 
um, averaging 0.79 when Lindelof has, uh, has featured. Um, and without him, it's 1.3. Now, it, yeah, that's just a little bit of variance. So y- you never know how much that is solely down to him and how much that is down to the team. But they also have a higher winning percentage in the league, 71%. So I think, yeah, he's been more than capable. He's proven more than capable. But then we've just spoken about Haaland and you probably need to be better than more than capable to to handle Haaland. So I think this is going to be a very interesting uh, battle. Jonathan, do you see a world in which Manchester United win this cup final at the weekend? It's going to be tough. Like, like City are obviously massive favourites, um, but United have beaten them this season. It is a Manchester derby. It is a final. Uh, United have the memories of 77 when they stopped Liverpool winning, winning the treble. I think City maybe have... Their, their, their absolute supreme spell of form may have just dipped off. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty well attested that Guardiola aim is to peak end of April, beginning of May. I think you, we saw that, the, 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 the way they accelerated through the running. Maybe that little little downturn in form, yeah, so we're talking a very minor downturn, but maybe that little little blip post-Champions League semi-final is just to do with the fact that the lead title was essentially wrapped up and they were they were changing a few things and maybe not playing fully at, at 100% of capacity. They, they don't look quite as uh, as uh, as remorseless as they did, say, three weeks ago. So I, I think City will win. I think City will probably win pretty comfortably. But, yeah, the, 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 there's, there's clearly a chance. And it, it, it's, it's good for the sense of spectacle that it is United, that there is... The, yeah, you know, the, the, it's not just the FA Cup on the line. There's also this sort of sense of regional pride. United wanting to protect their record as the only English club to to won the treble, and I think they, they they should put up a bigger fight than than I think Inter will in the in the Champions League final. City massive favourites, but it's not impossible. United could do it. No, I think I do actually think it will be it will be close. I don't think Man City will run away with it, but I do, I do think obviously they're the they're the clear favourites. Let's do the combined 11s then. And Jonathan, I'm not even going to ask you what your combined eleven is because I'm assuming it's just a Man City turn. <laughs> yep. Not even couldn't get Luke Shaw in at left back or any or anything like that. Just the just the Man City. Nope. No, happy with Kanji at left back. Who are you picking at right midfield? Bernardo or Mares? Bernardo. Bernardo's in. You like Bernardo, don't you? He's always, I do. always yeah, in your yeah. team. So yeah, he's a good player. Really I like him as a footballer. Player. I think he seems yeah. like quite an annoying bloke, but I like him as a footballer. Oh yeah, he's always having a go at the ref, isn't he? He's always getting getting cross. Dan, I'm assuming who scored have then done the opposite and gone for the entire Manchester United eleven. No. But no. we have gone four four two, which I'm sure you'll both be pleased oh, to hear. Again, it's something I don't even need to ask because I just know it's coming. <laughs> We've used the um, the FA Cup rating, so it has thrown out a few um, differences to probably what you'd imagine. Uh, we've got Ortega in goal, uh, Walker, Akanji, Laporte, and Shaw in defence. Uh, Mares, Casemiro, De Bruyne, and Foden in midfield, and Haaland and Alvarez. Uh, up top, so yeah, just uh, Casemiro and Shaw in for United. Yeah, I think Jonathan's saying might win. The thing is that that team you could you could you could play in a four three three. Yeah, because Alvarez. You play Alvarez wide and and and. Uh, did you say so? Was it Mars on the right? You had. Yeah. Yeah, and play Mars wide right. Play yeah, then then Foden in midfield rather than on the left. That's true. It's not what they do, Jonathan. Just stop trying to no. try, stop trying to force them. They don't. They don't want to move away from four four two. It's not what who scored want to do. That's their formation, and they they are not changing it for for love nor money. Yeah. Probably there'll be a new format. Everyone plays really four three three, don't they? They'll be and then there'll be in ten years' time there'll be a new new formation. Everyone plays and then that's when that's when Martin Lawrence will give it the okay to move to four three three when teams when teams are playing a when teams are playing a different formation. Yeah, we're not we're not changing from four three three. 
It's always four four two, Jonathan. You're always four three three. Oh no, actually, you do tend to tailor it towards which, which teams we're talking about. In fairness, but I would instinctively go four four two three one or four three three, which are not that far removed from each other. Hmm. But. Okay, then let's have some score predictions then for the final, Jonathan. What would you go with? Three uh, one to City. Three one to City. I'm going to go two one to Manchester City. Dan. Yeah, I think it will be close. I'm just going to go one nil to City. I think one nil. I hope not. I hope it's a bit more exciting than that. I'd like it to. I'd like it to be an exciting game at the week. Because there's no football on all. I oh, know the Europa, the Europa League finals tomorrow. Tomorrow we have got that, but generally there's not a lot. There's been football on nearly every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't. I hate it when that happens and then it goes away because I don't know what to do with myself in, in in the evenings. I find it really difficult when there's when there's no football on. But Jonathan, have a nice time at the at the at the Europa League final. You have a, lo- a lovely time reporting on it. Dan, have a great week. As, as well. Sorry about Reading getting relegated. And yes, that's it. That's it for the edge. I know it's not it for the edge of the box podcast at all, is it? Because we're doing the Champions League final preview the, the week after, I believe. So now we've got one more show left before the end of the season. But do subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on so you know exactly when that's coming. Go back and check our award show. We went through Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, all those kind of things in a show before this one. So go and check that out if you haven't watched it already. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the football and stay safe. Look like you did a little dab. At the, at the end, then <laughs> I presume you were sneezing, but did a little dab to, to, to end the show.